whether you think prayer is a waste of time or whether you really have studied prayer and you begin to truly understand and, and really reap in the benefits and the fruit of that discipline, I think wherever you may fall between those two, I've got a word for you tonight. And so I'm going to ask you just to continue to stay focused in for just a few minutes. Um, man, I'm just, a, y'all know if you were with me in middle school, I'm not going to shatter your world and give you this deep theological truth that's never been discovered or said before. A lot of the things I say you've heard before, I just want to put it in a, in a way that you can understand it and you can walk out of here and go, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do now. All right, I've experienced God. I, I, I've probably prayed it a thousand times in middle school that we would know God better and know better who we are and what He wants us to do. And so that's what I want tonight. So let's just jump in. That if we are completely connected, if we are completely connected, why do we not pray? There's just three things. If I study through this, there's three things I, can't get, I think it kind of comes down to. And for those of you that said, hey, this is really pointless. I don't really do the prayer thing. I don't really understand it. I think there's three reasons. The first reason is that you don't believe it matters. Is that you don't believe it matters. This is kind of, I, I would, in my mind, I kind of put pictures with things. This is that motorcycle with the little bucket seat beside it. Have y'all seen the picture? You know, the little person that rides in the little, that's that motto. You're like, you know what? I'm on the little bucket beside the motorcycle. God's driving the motorcycle. I'm not going to change his mind. I'm not going to get anything done. Why does it matter? I'm just along for the ride. Hang on. God's in control. And here's the deal. That's not taught in Scripture. We don't see that. I don't understand how it all works of God being sovereign and how we ask Him and Him change. I don't understand that. And that's not for us to get into tonight. But I want you to understand a lot of times when you think that prayer is all about just changing God's mind, you have the wrong purpose in mind and why you pray. If you say, I don't pray because I don't believe it matters, I don't think you really understand why we pray. The second thing is, you don't need anything. I don't pray because all's good. What's God going to give me? I'm good to go. Unless it was like a million dollars and that's not the way God works, I really don't need anything. I, I think about this kind of the Alexa method. How many of you have one of those Amazon Echoes at your house? Raise your hands. Don't be embarrassed. I have like nine. All right, good. Well, this, this illustration is going to fall flat on its face because only there are four of you that have Amazon Alexas or Echoes in your house. So for the four of you that have an echo in your house, we have them in my house in every room. I love them. I do not like silence. Um, I got to have noise all the time. So every room I walk into, I tell her to start playing me some music. You know, uh, Alexa, play me some music I like. Alexa, play me, you know, some 90s hip hop or whatever, right? I mean, just whatever's on my mind. And so usually when Lindsay's cooking dinner, I don't want to confuse y'all and think that I help, but I just sit there and watch her cook dinner. I will turn on some music. And have that playing in the background. And so almost every night, Quentin, you can attest to this, almost every night we sit down to have dinner and I have to tell Alexa to stop playing so that we can pray. And this one night, just a couple of weeks ago, I bowed my head and I went, Alexa, <laughs> wait a minute. And so then I realized, okay, I'd started praying before I told her. So I looked up and went, God, can no, wait a minute. I had gotten Alexa and God confused. And that's really funny. But many times we treat God like that. Hey, God, here's my list. Hey, God, add good health to my list. Hey, God, add better friends to my list. Hey, God, add fill in the blank. And so we say, well, my list is full. I don't really need anything. I've told him what I need. I don't need to pray. We have the wrong purpose in mind. The last thing why we do not pray is we don't have time for it. And I think about this as the instruction manual method. And how many of you have ever gotten something, you went to put it together, you saw the instruction manual, and you do what, guys? What do we do? 
throw it away. And then we just start putting stuff together, right? And you end up with something that was supposed to go in there somewhere, right? No, of course they send you extra screws, right? Isn't that the way that works? I've been putting together toys for years, and I've convinced my wife that they always put in extra screws, right? Until you actually follow the instruction manual and you drop one screw in your short. Anyway, many times we pray to God or we don't pray to God because we say, you know what? I don't really have time for it. But guys, think about this. We're going through life, and the creator of the universe, the creator of our life, the God that wants to guide us, as Jeremiah 29, 11 says, the, pl- the great plans he has for us. And he said, hey, if you'll start by following me, and we say, no, 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 I don't need that part. Let me just do my thing. And what usually happens, we get to the end and go, God, why didn't you help me? Why do we not pray? It's usually because we don't believe it matters, we don't need anything, or we don't have time for it. So why do we pray? Why do we pray? Well, we pray because Jesus did it and God told us to. You say, well, this is not real fun, right? I do it because God told me to. All right? We do stuff like that all the time. We brush our teeth and most of us really don't enjoy that, right? Okay, maybe there's a couple of you, right? But we brush our teeth because we know we're supposed to. In the same way, we pray because we're supposed to, because Jesus did it. If you study much of Jesus and you walk through his life, it says that Jesus left the crowd, retreated, and what? Prayed. It says that Jesus got up early in the morning and went and prayed. We see the Garden of Gethsemane. All right, we see the most tense time. He just straight up called out one of his 12 disciples, said, Judas, you're going to betray me. All right, big deal there. I mean, one of his disciples is going to betray him. You would think he would be running. You would think he would go get help. You would think he would ask the other 11 to beat Judas up. All these things. And what does it do? What does he do? He says, hey, I grabbed my disciples and we went to the garden to pray. If only Jesus, if Jesus is the thing that matters. At the end of the day, when you, I say this all the time, when you lay the head, your head on your pillow at night, it's just you and God. If you want to be like Jesus, we We pray we got to figure this out. If you say, well, when does God tell me? Look at Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I don't have time to go into this, but guys, look, it says that when you pray about everything... In, with thanksgiving, that he'll guard your heart and your mind, the God of peace. I'll just be honest, you're lying if you're saying that you have perfect peace. Every one of us struggles with it. I've struggled with it. I've never struggled with anxiousness in my whole life, and in the last year I have. Why? Because I've been sitting at home all day, right? Because we're going, all right, I don't have my friends, I don't have my structure, I got to, you know, and we're all struggling. We're, we're figuring this out. And you begin to read the Bible and it says, God gives perfect peace to whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. We begin to see if I pray and with thanksgiving that you'll guard. Man, we want that. And God says if you, we must do that. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Guys, if we're going to look at the Bible as something that's a big deal. Y'all are here, either your parents are really good and they can make you do stuff like come to church, Right? I mean, y'all are getting an age where at this point, I mean, they really, 
They can make you come, but you could be hiding in a bathroom stall. One of you, I don't know who it was, did that one time when I was in middle school. I, I caught them. They were standing on the, I don't know why I'm telling you all the story. They were standing on the toilet the entire time during the mix because they wanted to skip the mix. And I thought, oh my goodness, you would rather stand on a toilet than go in there and listen to me talk in the mix? How bad am I, right? But you're at a point now where you're here because you think the Bible's somewhat important and you're trying to figure it out. And so if you think the Bible's important, we don't get to pick and choose what parts we like and what parts we don't. God says pray, we need to figure it out. The other reason we pray is because it gives clarity of who we are and who God is. It gives clarity of who we are and who God is. You see, when you're in the middle of something and you can think about a struggle you've had, think about a problem you've had, it's really hard to have the right perspective, right? Because all you see is the struggle, right? Your toe is, got smashed by a hammer. Oh, you're thinking about your toe. You're not thinking about that your heart and lungs are still doing their, their work, right? You're not thinking about that your eyes are still doing their work, that your hand is still going to go reach to help your toe. No, all you're thinking about your toe, right? So when you're in the middle of something, it's hard to have great perspective. But what we do is when we pray, we begin to step back and we begin to pray and we begin to see things from God's perspective. We step back and we begin to see God, creator of the universe. Okay, wait a minute. If you created the universe, you can probably handle this problem. Okay, wait a minute. And we begin to see this God who throughout all of history has been faithful to do all these things and we begin to pray and we begin to see who He is and we begin to pray and we begin to understand the way God sees them. There's a great quote by this lady, Nancy Lee DeMoss. I think her name now is, what did you say, Lindsay? Nancy Lee Wapple Popple something? She got married, so anyway, new name. Y'all don't care. But she said, God's will is what you would choose for yourself if you knew what God knew. God's will, we, we want God's will in our life. God's will is what you would choose if you knew what God knew. God's prayer is our chance to connect with God. It's our chance to begin to see things a little bit from God's perspective and we begin to have this understanding. We'll go, okay, wait a minute. If I'm God and I'm the creator of the universe and I begin to see this problem, it's still an issue I need to deal with. But in light of what God sees, I can do this. You see, prayer gives clarity to who God is. It also gives clarity to who we are because we begin to understand who God is and we begin to go, wait a minute. As I look at who God is, I begin to see that I'm a person who probably doesn't know what's best. I'm a person who probably doesn't have all the answers. I'm a person that's sinful. I'm a person that has pride. I'm a person that's selfish. I'm a person that's probably better than others. But is that really what you want to do at the end of your life is to get to God and say, God, but I beat all the other ones. No, <laughs> right? It's not about beating anybody. It's getting to God and going, okay, when I see you, I realize I need something. And God begins to change us. There's a quote by Richard Foster. It says, prayer is the central avenue that God uses to transform us. Listen to this. But if we are unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer as a noticeable characteristic in our life question I would ask you tonight, students, if you're not praying, is it because maybe you don't really want God to change you because you kind of feel like if God changes me, I may have to move to Africa. And Morgan and Kinsey, we just watched that, right? And there's, there's great um, trust in that for them. 
But there's also great joy in knowing you're where God wants you to be. And so for many of us, maybe we need to pray and we need to line ourselves up. There's a passage of Scripture I've taught my boys and it's something I've used in Psalm 51. We know about this is when David was just confronted by the prophet Nathan for being a, a liar, a murderer, an adulterer, right? And David says, cleanse me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Guys, when we begin to pray, we begin to understand who we are and God begins to change us. And we begin to align ourselves up with where God is. So that's why we pray. You say, Jay, that's great. I know those things. Remember, we started the night. I told you prayer is important, but I don't know really how to do it, how to enjoy it. What does that look like? Let's spend the last six minutes and 16 seconds we have talking about how should we pray. How should we pray? First of all, it's a discipline. It's a discipline, all right? We don't have time to get into all the disciplines, but it's you discipline your body. You have a prayer muscle that you have to work out, all right? I used to run. I haven't run in probably over a year. But when I started running, I didn't walk out and run a marathon. I went and ran a couple of steps, and then a couple of more, and then a couple of more, right? And I had to build up to that. It's the same thing with prayer. We sit down and we expect ourselves to be able to pray three hours like the, you know, the saints do back in the day when they were telling that, right? Or I, one of my prayer champions is Brother Steve. I mean, he's written a book on prayer. and He talks about his prayer life, and I've watched him pray through. And I go, I want that. But the thing is, I have to realize what took him to get there is a lot of work in between. Guys, we have to discipline ourselves. We have to work out those muscles. So how do we do that? Here's just a couple of things I want to give you, and I'm going to give them to you real fast. I'm not going to dig into them. I'm going to encourage you, if you want to talk more about them, I'll be around any of our staff, or you can talk to any of our leaders about it, because these are pretty common. The first, if you're praying, how do you pray, is the Acts method. The Acts method. This is what I've taught my boys. This is what I've taught middle schoolers for you. I probably taught some of you this. But when you sit down to pray, start with A, adoration. Tell God how great He is. Adore Him. Tell Him all the great names He has. Tell Him about how amazing He is as creator of the universe. And then confession. Confess all of your sins. Lay them all out there. Lay them all out there. Tell Him everything that you've done wrong, all the areas you thought wrong. Let Him know. He already knows anyway, so get it out in the open. Thanksgiving. Tell Him all the things you're thankful for, all the things in your life as you begin to look around, all the blessings you have in your life. And then the last is supplication. That word is basically request. It's, it's letting God know what do you need, what do you desire. Here's the thing, and this is what I teach everybody. If you have talked about how good God is, all the areas that you've messed up, and how thankful you are, it begins to change the supplication. It begins to change the things you ask for. Because now you go, wait a minute, in light of all of that, God, maybe I don't need this. Maybe I don't need that boyfriend. Maybe I don't need this girlfriend. Maybe I don't need my parents to get off my back. And we walk through that. The reset method. Now, this was something that Robbie Gallaty taught. Uh, I heard about a year ago, and he was talking about the discipline of silence. So he's usually using it for silence, but I think it's great for prayer. But first, relationships. Walk through what are the relationships I have in my life with God, with others that I need to, to work through, that I need to lay before the Lord emotions, all right? What are the emotions that I'm feeling right now that I need to give to the Lord? Anxiousness, fear, worry. What are those things that I need to lay before the Lord? 
Scripture. What is the scripture that this God has laid on my heart? Maybe it's a verse you're memorizing. Meditate on that verse. Pray that verse back to you. Maybe it's a psalm. Pray that psalm. Psalm 51. Pray that to the Lord. What does that look like? Experiences. There's a, you can also use the word environment. But looking around you, this is where you have the opportunity to tell God all the things that you're seeing around you that He's doing. Or all the, I really, for me, if I were to use this, I use Acts, but I use this sometimes at night. And I'll, I'll hear birds. And I'll hear cars. And I, it'll cause me to think about these things in light of who God is. And then last, Thanksgiving. We thank God for that. There are a whole lot of other methods, but those are just a couple of methods that you can use. I want to give you some other tools, though, that you can use as you're praying through. As you're walking through and learning how to pray. Jay, I know that I should pray, but I don't enjoy it. Usually we don't enjoy it because we can't keep our mind focused. So how do you keep your mind focused? And if you struggle with that, we can talk because I struggle with that. At 43 years old, been a pastor for 20 years, I still struggle with it. And so I have to use some of these things. First of all, a prayer journal. A prayer journal. Maybe you want to keep record. I, I, I've known people over the years, they'll write down when they started to pray for something and when God answered it and to go back and look at God's faithfulness. I don't use a prayer journal, but I write out my prayers. The reason I write them out is because I have to stay focused. And so I just start writing. Lord, be with me today. Lord, I have this going on today. Help me to make good decisions. Lord, I, you know, I'm, I'm writing that out because it gets it out of my head and gets me really thinking about what I'm doing. Prayer journal, maybe for a lot of you, you're doing that. You want to write that down. You want to go through there and say, hey, these are the things I'm praying for so that I can follow up with my friends. They asked me to pray for this. I need to write it down. Prayer cards. You've heard Brother Steve talk about this. I don't need to go a lot into this because he talks about having that stack of cards that he works through, that he prays through. Prayer walk. I had the opportunity to do this just the other day where you go on a prayer walk and you literally are praying for things that you see as you walk. I went on a mission trip to Costa Rica uh, when I was just beginning in student ministry and I can remember they said, we're going to prayer walk the whole morning and then we're going to go back in that area and share the gospel. And I thought, we're going to pray the whole morning? over that area. Why can't we just go ahead and share the gospel the first time and get it out of the way and do another group the second hour, the, the, the afternoon, right? That seems efficient. Here's what I saw though, guys. As you would go and pray through things, God would answer those prayers. So when you go back, you'd be like, God's already in this. I can remember one specific house. When we went by, there was this dog like on a leash, chomping, like gonna bite our legs off. And I can remember us walking down the road and we're out loud. We said, God, please let that dog not be here this afternoon. Y'all know where this story's going. We come back that afternoon, there's nothing on the leash. Now, I don't know if somebody stole the dog or what, but he was not there. And so we were able to walk up to the door, you know. Hey, we have a free gift. It's the book of John. Walking in the Spirit. There's two other verses. I'm just going to throw them out to you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, and Ephesians 6, 16 and 18. You go back and read those on your own. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, and Ephesians 6, 16 and 18. And we don't have a long time to work into walking the Spirit, but what happens is when you begin to learn prayer and you begin to learn what it feels like to experience the presence of God, you begin to get up from your prayer time and you stay in prayer with the Lord. It's the pray without ceasing. And you begin to walk into a room like this tonight and you go, God, please show me somebody that I can talk to tonight. God, please show me somebody I can encourage 
hey God, as, as you're leaving them, God, I pray for that person. Thank you so much for that person as they're a blessing to me and I hope play to be a blessing to them. God, thank you so much for what you've done for me today. As you get in the car and you're driving down the road, you begin to pray and you begin to walk in the Spirit. And what happens? I, I struggle with controlling my tongue, not to cuss, all right, but I'm sarcastic or maybe I just say things without thinking about it. Has anybody ever done that? You, you went, I didn't really mean that to come out of my mouth. All right, that's not good. And I struggle with that, and that's the thing for me. And here's what happens. It'll come out of my mouth, and immediately the Spirit will go, Jay, you need to apologize for that. And I'll go, hey, I need to apologize for what I just said. I didn't mean it like that, right? That's walking in the Spirit. Instant obedience. And the last thing, and where I want us to finish tonight, is praying together. Praying together. Acts 2, 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. 